the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome to another Leadership Bisberg. I'm your host, Mike Howard, in studio today with a special guest, Mr. Kevin Trout from Vistage, Pittsburgh. Did I pronounce all that right? Yes, you did. All right. Welcome, Kevin. Good to have you. Hey, thanks, Mike. I appreciate the invitation. I'm grateful to be here. It's an honor. Well, um, Leadership Bisberg and Bisberg and all about our stations here, we're all about networking. And that's exactly where we met. That's right. One of our clients said, you need to meet this guy. And uh, <laughs> there we were at a networking event, and we met and started talking. And uh, it's going to be a great time talking about uh, your history, your leadership, and Vistage Pittsburgh. So what I'd like to do first is just kind of let people know where you're from, kind of where you grew up, went to school, high school, college, all that good stuff for Whatever you did or didn't do. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. So I'm a Pittsburgher. I grew up in uh, North Hills. Okay. Uh, born and raised in uh, McKnight Village, by the way. I went to North Hills High School. From there, I went to uh, Indiana University of Pennsylvania. IUP. IUP. It was the only school I applied to. And uh, I figured out what major was wide open, so I applied as an English major so I would get accepted. And once I got in, I changed my major. I did that trick. a few times, and I only applied <laughs> to one school, so I know where you're at. <laughs> so it was a great, it was a great education. Yeah, um, I I fell into medical sales right out of college. Ooh, um, okay, I didn't realize it was that early. So I was bumming around uh, for about a year after college, and then I got a call from a fraternity brother who said, "Hey, uh, you busy today?" I said, "No." He said, "Do you want to make fifty bucks?" I said, "Sure, as long as it's legal." He said, yep, I want you to drive over to Youngstown, Ohio, meet my boss on the loading dock at St. Elizabeth's Hospital. He's going to give you a truck with some medical equipment in it, give me your car, you drive the truck back, and we're going to deliver it to a hospital. He said, yeah, for 50 bucks, I'll do that. So I met the boss on the loading dock at St. Elizabeth's Hospital, and he greeted me with, so, are you a friend of Dave's? I said, yeah, we're fraternity brothers. He goes, well, we need another employee in Pittsburgh. If you want the job, it's yours. That was my entire interview. <laughs> And I spent 11 years working for that company. Um, that's really how my career got off yeah. the ground. I've spent over 30, 34 years in medical equipment sales, different positions. But that's how I got started. I guess we could call that right place, right time. <laughs> that's Willing incredible. to do something as a favor. Yeah. And it led to my career. Well, sometimes you just got to go when, oppor- when opportunity knocks, you just take it and see what happens. I like that, too. Is it legal? Good, good question, right? <laughs> That's important. Yeah. And then how did you transpire from there into doing what you did with your business? So I ended up uh, spending 11 years. That was that first company. We grew it from very, very small. Uh, ended up merging with some other businesses. Okay. Grew up to $124 million a year in sales. Oh, wow. And my mentor was Richard Baer. He's the one that owned the company. Um, and then I got recruited to another company in St. Louis, opened an office here in Pittsburgh. I did that for a few years. Then I got recruited to another company out of, Santa, out of uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, to run the whole entire uh, east coast of North America, from okay. Canada through Chicago down to New Orleans and including Puerto Rico. 
and I had that geography as a, as a sales manager, a regional manager. And um, I kept getting these offers to be VP of sales, but all of them re- required relocation. Mm. The first company I was with said, your next promotion is to Buena Park, California. I didn't want to... Go to California. No. Um, then the second company said, hey, you're doing a great job as a regional manager out there. We want you to be the vice president of sales. I said, great. Oh, by the way, you have to move to St. Louis, Missouri. I don't want to move to St. Louis. Third company did a great job, right? Grew the business 31% in the first year. So we're going to make you the vice president of sales and run the whole country, all of North America, plus our international distribution. Great. Oh, by the way, you have to relocate to Tulsa, Oklahoma. No, thanks. They obviously didn't have Zoom meetings back then. No, no. <laughs> and, and my wife is from here. She's from mm-hmm. New Kensington. We met at IUP. And okay. uh, we just decided either I take one of these jobs or I start my own business. I was very successful in the three companies I worked for. So I decided to open my own shop. I became an independent distributor. My company name was Grandview Medical Resources. Started in 1996. Okay. And very quickly picked up a lot of product lines from manufacturers that didn't have a direct sales force, but knew of me because they had, a lot of them had worked with me in those previous companies. And so ended up with uh, quite a few uh, product lines, getting them off the ground from scratch. We were pioneering all the products. We had sure. no existing customers here. And I picked up uh, my geography was Western Pennsylvania and all of West Virginia. So um, I grew the company. I ended up over 16 years I grew it from I like to say I started with nothing I still have most of it left but the reality is I grew it from nothing up to 14 million in sales 60 employees three offices one in Altoona one in Bridgeville and then one in Charleston West Virginia Um, and then I sold it in 2016 2016 so four years ago all that uh, trying to stay away from other cities and keeping it in Pittsburgh and doing it yourself then, yeah. that all ended then. You're listening to a special leadership, Bizberg. We are in studio. I'm your, I'm your host, Mike Howard. The guest is Kevin Trout from Vistage, Pittsburgh. We're going to get into Vistage here in just a minute. But, Kevin, I'm curious of, of the experience, clear back to the dock day, all the way through <laughs> all the people you worked with. What did you see from a leadership standpoint that kind of stuck with you? And was there anything you saw that you'd say – I'm not going to do that. <laughs> oh, that's a, a great question. We might do another show on that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There was a lot. Yeah, that well, a couple I highlights in, in both of those areas, if um, you don't mind. They, a lot of it was very short-sighted decision-making. Okay. Um, what is the next month revenue is going to look like? What will the next quarter look like? They didn't have any long-term plans. It was just quarter to quarter. Yeah. Um, they weren't as interested in taking care of the customers as much as I was. And um, I really believed that service uh, was important. You got to have a good product, which we did, but um, we, you just have to outservice your competition. And I think that you know you have to take care of the clients. You have to take care of the customers. And and there were so many decisions that were I sort of looked at sideways and said, I think I just learned a, a harsh lesson here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not a decision I ever want to make. Yeah. But, and it's funny, as I'm formulating in my mind constantly leadership concepts and things, and something that just came to mind to me is uh, in, in service, it's going to be one of two ways, either self-service, like you're talking, people that just get so wrapped up in who they are and what they're doing, 
versus the real service is really sacrifice when you sacrifice for the customer or as we talked about before we even went on air sacrificing to take care of your employees mm-hmm. that's in essence a service yes. when you think about it um, so I think that's maybe we're on to some maybe we'll be onto a little booklet there about that <laughs> I don't know anyway but so in 2016 you sold and so what did you do say well I'm going to play golf now or what what was going through your wife's <laughs> mind your mind how, how did you process that it's going to be a change obviously right Yes. Um, I would say that probably two years before it ended. Um, so I stepped back. I actually sold the company in the beginning of 2011. It had a five-year employment agreement. Gotcha. Okay. So I remember you telling me that way back. Yeah. So I had a five-year employment agreement, which was very long. Um, however, I knew during those five years that when at the end of 2015 or beginning of 2016, um, I would retire. I put that mm-hmm. in quotation marks, yeah. right? What does retirement really look like? <laughs> um, and I realized about uh, two or three years before the end of my employment agreement that I don't think retirement is suitable for people like us, right? <laughs> we can't retire full time. Right. What would we do? And, and a lot of reflection has gone into that question, right? Um, I would say that I, I looked at it as um, – there's, there's, it's, it's not about staying uh, relevant, which is what, what a lot of people think of, you know, working after retirement, staying relevant. It's, I don't see it as being relevant. I see it as staying engaged, mm-hmm. right? And being engaged, you've got to be mentally engaged, and, and you want to be physically active as well. But the mental engagement, I knew that once I fully retired, I wanted to coach and mentor other business owners, and I wanted to be able to give back. I wanted to help them learn some of the lessons I learned the hard way so they could avoid the same mistakes I made. Right. And uh, believe me, I made plenty. But I made a lot of really good decisions, too, and helped us grow. But nobody's perfect. And I, I really like coaching and mentoring. Mm-hmm. I, I like doing that with my employees, help them grow personally and professionally, and help them move up the career path, right? So now I get to do it with other business owners. And so right after I retired, I had been recruited to a consulting firm, called Predictive Synergistic Systems. We did Predictive Index, and we did some coaching and consulting with our clients. But Vistage, I had been a Vistage member for over 16 years. I joined it when my company was pretty young, and it's one of the biggest reasons why it was successful as it was. And Vistage kept saying, we need more Vistage chairs in Pittsburgh because we have a a demand for the Vistage experience. There's more people who want to join. And so I said, yeah, that's... Ultimately, I'm right where I should be. I get to give back to the community that gave so much to me. Well, you're listening to Leadership Bizberg. We are in studio with Kevin Trout of Vistage Pittsburgh. Let me give you uh, the website for Vistage. We're going to talk about the basics of Vistage here in just a second. V-I-S-T-A-G-E, Vistage.com. And Kevin's personal uh, information is Kevin.Trout, T-R-O-U-T, at VistageChair.com. Got that right? That's right. All right. So we'll throw that out a couple more times. Well, give us what, what's the basics of Vistage? How maybe did they get started? Or when you jumped into it, where, where was it? And what was it <laughs> promising you you might experience, so to speak? Um, interesting story. So big picture, it's been around since 1957. It's the world's largest CEO um, membership organization. There's over 23,000 members worldwide in 20 countries. Oh, wow. Um, when you bring it, boil it down to Pittsburgh and any given city, here in Pittsburgh, we have 
somewhere between 250 and 300 members. Um, and they're all separated into individual groups. Maximum number in each group is approximately 16. And the model is it's a peer advisory forum. You're sitting around the table with 15 other people who sit in the exact same seat you do. You're a business owner. They're all business owners. Yeah. They're non-competing businesses, so we don't have you know two attorneys in the same group. But we always like to have an attorney for that free legal advice. Um, <laughs> and and you know, it can be made up of people from any industry, but really the type of people that we look for to join Vistage are, are business owners that know they don't know everything there is to know. They're humble, hungry, and smart. They want to grow personally and professionally. I'm writing that one down. Humble, hungry, and smart. And they want they they are committed to lifelong learning. Ah, oh, there you go. Bingo. And they're willing to share. And they want to grow their businesses faster and easier with less stress and less risk and better work-life balance. All of those things came true for me. I remember I got involved because I got a flyer in the mail as a business owner of Grandview mm-hmm. Medical Resources. And it said, we're putting together a peer advisory group of other small business owners just like yourself. I'd like to know if you're interested. And I remember, I don't respond to a lot of flyers, but right. I read that and I, saw, and I thought to myself, who are these people? I want to meet them. Yeah. And so I called, probably one of the few times I ever actually called on a flyer. And the Vistage chair came and met with me and interviewed me, make sure I was qualified. Right. right? Was I humble, hungry, and smart? smart. Yeah. <laughs> do I know? I uh, do I know that I don't know everything there is to know? Oh, absolutely. I was a brand new CEO, business owner. There's a lot to learn. And uh, after the conversation, he says, "You'd be ideal for the group. Welcome to the group." Right. So I joined. I didn't know what I was in for. Um, but when we had our first meeting, there was 14 other people. Um, Really awesome individuals. Yeah. And uh, there's several of them are still in Vistage today. They've been in close to 20 years now. Wow. Um, and and I was a lot younger then, right? There were some older gentlemen, and, and, and there was ladies in the group as well. And they sort of took me under their wing said, don't worry. We're not going to let you fail on our watch. We'll help you. And they did. Um, I would attribute Vistage to the reason why my company grew an average is 23% a year. Annually? 23% a year, annually. Yeah. And wow. I would say Vistage was a big reason for that. Um, when I sold my company, the attorney that was on our group, who's still a good friend of mine, Dan Lynch from the Lynch Law oh, Group, yeah. uh, Dan sold my company for me, um, did a great job. I greatly appreciate everything he did, and, and we're still great friends today. I, I would say my Vistage mates from that group are still some of my best friends I've ever had in business. I could see that. They're very, very supportive. You're listening to Leadership Bisberg. I'm your host, Mike Howard. Our guest today is Kevin Trout from Vistage, Pittsburgh. You can find out information about Vistage at vistage.com. That's V-I-S-T-A-G-E. And Kevin's information is kevin.trout, T-R-O-U-T, at vistagechair.com. So the Vistage Chair sounds important. (laughs) Um, How many of those are there around the country? Uh, There's about 1,000 Vistage Chairs worldwide. Okay. Or worldwide. Um, Super. And in Pittsburgh, I think there's seven, maybe eight of us. And so we all have Vistage groups that we facilitate. So Mm -hmm. we're paid facilitators. We run the groups. We organize the groups. Um, We set the the meetings. We bring in all the guest speakers that we have. Um, So out of the the seven or eight that we have, most of them will have three groups. That tends to be – 
three separate groups. That, that tends to be the norm. Okay. And there's a few that just have one or maybe two groups. So, so then to become a – how did you get to Vistage chair from just Vistage member? Did you, um, did you get another flyer? No. No. <laughs> no, I, actually, uh, my – my group chair from from when I was a member was Rich, was um, Dick Singer. Okay, you know Dick, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was the chair for almost the entire time I was a member. Okay. Um, also a great mentor. Actually, Dick Singer's background is in radio. Wow! Well, and then he's a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he kept telling me that you would make a great Vistage chair. We need more Vistage chairs, and I'd really like you to consider that. Uh, so it took him about a year twisting my arm, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. And uh, I finally said, yeah, I, I'm ready to do this. And uh, so he sponsored me. You have to be re- recommended to be a chair by another okay. Vistage chair for the most part. So he recommended me, and I went to the Vistage Training Academy to be a certified oh, Vistage wow. executive awesome. coach. And uh, it's been a great ride ever since. Now, other than humble, hungry, and smart, then because we didn't get into a lot of the positive leadership side, what what's been the big thing that's come out of it from a leadership perspective for you, from both Vistage member to Vistage chair? Um, so f- being a Vistage member, we have the Speakers Bureau, which is um, there's about a thousand speakers in the Vistage Speakers Bureau. I think it's the largest speakers bureau in the country. And we would have them come and speak at our monthly meetings. So we would meet once a month, Mm -hmm. either half-day or all-day sessions. The speakers would basically give us a workshop. It's a learning lab. And it would be on many, many different topics Um, from leadership, emotional intelligence, finance, sales, any any topic. Mm -hmm. But really, it all – the wraparound of all of those is the leadership aspect within the, that topic that they're they're sharing. These are they were great speakers because here's the thing: they all get rated on a scale of one to five with every presentation to each group, and if they don't score a consistent four out of five, they're um, dismissed from the speakers group. So, yeah. in my 16 years as a member, I never heard a bad speaker. They were either really really good or they were awesome. Um, And I gained so much insight and value in in my leadership skills through Vistage primarily. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just – it took my education plus my work experience and then it put it on steroids. Yeah, because you're almost like a professor every month getting a special – but from people that really have the real-world experience and have the knocks and the bumps and the successes that you can learn from, right? Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. so I'm one of those few that – Started their own business, built it up, and sold it off. You know, I, they say, "Oh, have you been to the promised land?" Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but I would never trade it for anything. It was a great ride. Sometimes it was a white knuckle roller coaster sure. ride, but it was still everything I learned was, uh, and everything that didn't go right, everything that had to be fixed, I learned so much from that experience. So, as a Vistage chair today. Um, I'm watching these younger business owners and CEOs progress mm-hmm. in their in, in in their self-discovery, their self-awareness, their leadership skills are getting – we're honing their leadership skills mm-hmm. so that no matter how good they are when they join Vistage, we take them and, and grow them so they get better from where they are. We don't judge where you are. We just say that's your starting point. Right. We're going to take you up into the stratosphere with your leadership skills. And we do that in several ways. The Speakers Bureau is really important. 
the pure advice on issue processing is extremely valuable um, because a lot of these business owners and CEOs are faced with some very difficult decisions. Um, and even when times are good, mm-hmm. they have difficult decisions to make. And when times are bad, they have even more. But um, we help them make the best decision possible by giving them peer perspectives from other people who sit in the same seats. Sure. They've either faced that dilemma before or haven't. And, and the funny thing is when we process an individual's issue, other people learn from that as well. Sure. I know I did. Well, and I got to sit through one yeah. as a you know, special invitee to a breakfast to see how this thing worked. And that was the fascinating thing to me is someone there that just kind of opens themselves up, not to scrutiny, but to, hey, tell us what, what you're thinking, what you're wanting to do. And, and now you got all these minds like they just, they just instantly became your employee or consultant for a little while. And it yeah. was just really, really fascinating to me to it's, watch that and witness that. And we've talked – we really had to talk through some – very difficult issues, not just professional or business issues, but some personal ones too. Oh yeah, and um, I've seen people cry. Okay, well, business will bring you to that sometimes, <laughs> won't it? Hey, you're listening to uh, Leadership Bisberg. I'm your host, Mike Howard. Our guest today is Kevin Trout from Vistage Bits, uh, Vistage Pittsburgh. Get the mouth working just a little bit more. There's only a few minutes left. I can't believe I mess up that much. But Kevin, I wanted to mention too now, I don't know from the beginning to this point, but it's not just all CEO groups, right? There are other people that can be involved in a Vistage group. Can you tell us a little, break that down a little? Yeah, great question. I appreciate that. Um, there are three types of groups, uh, primarily. They have the CEO or the chief executive group, and that's for the larger companies uh, usually $50 million up to a billion. Those are the CEOs that may not be the founders or the owners, but they operate the business, maybe like a subsidiary for a, a big uh, conglomerate. Then you have the small business group. Those are typically the founders, owners, usually anywhere from a million to $10 million in revenue or $20 million in revenue. But they work in their business, right? Yep. And um, that's what I was. Mm-hmm. And then there's the key executive uh, group. That's for the immediate lieutenants, like the COOs and CFOs or VPs. Mm-hmm. And that group um, is heavy on the education with the speakers bureau. We have a lot more speakers for that group. Okay. Um, yeah. And so even if you're even if you're a solopreneur, maybe you have a small business where it's under a million in revenue, maybe you have one employee, but you really, your vision is to grow your company up over a million in revenue. We'll, we have those people join a key executive group because they're learning from other lieutenants and, and other businesses. And at the same time, we're going to help them grow their business. So once they get past that million in revenue and they start to hire, you know, six, seven, eight, ten employees, they have the opportunity to move into a small business group to move up into, uh, uh, a peer advisory group of other business owners like themselves. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Again, you're listening to Leadership Bisberg. Our guest is Kevin Trout from Vistage Pittsburgh. His contact information is kevin.trout at vistagechair.com. You may have actually already answered this because of all the speakers and people you've seen, but I always like to ask people if there's an author, books, seminars, other types of things that you would recommend for people, um, maybe even local folks. I mean, I found out uh, from you, about you all through John Stallward, who's yeah. you know, 
stranger to our audience over the years, and he just said to me as when I was writing and doing stuff on my own for a little while, he said, you should look at being a Vistage speaker. And I'm going, well, I'll have to look into that. And then uh, it was a couple years later, I'm back here at Salem, and I run into you. So, <laughs> but but is, there, is there a book, author, or even a speaker back through the years that you would say, you know, that was a pinpoint thing that I would remember and recommend to somebody? There are so many. Um, if I were to give you uh, the answer in terms of best books, mm-hmm. there's two books that changed my life. Okay. That's, see, that's what I'm after. <laughs> the first one uh, was on assertiveness training. It's called When I Say No, I Feel Guilty by Dr. Manuel Smith. Still the definitive book on uh, assertiveness training. I learned how to never argue with people really how to deal with um, difficult people. Um, just It's an amazing book, and I actually gave it to my small business group as a Christmas present at oh, our, wow. first, our first uh, nice. Christmas party. So this is probably the most valuable book I've ever read in my entire life. Second best book was uh, Marketing Warfare by Jack Trout and Al Reese. You related to Jack? Um, all Trouts are related, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're all related. We're, we're all descendants from the same three Trout brothers that uh, founded Germantown, Pennsylvania. Oh, all right. Yeah. Very good. Nice but, historical note. Yeah. Marketing Warfare taught me about how – changed my thinking on how to sell, spending all those years in sales. So every Everybody thinks that there's only two ways to sell. You're either on offense or you're on defense. Marketing Warfare says, no, there's four ways, offense, defense, flanking the enemy, and guerrilla tactics. And they give examples of all of those. Yeah. And so if you're the number one player, you're on defense. If you're, if you're the number two player, you're on offense. If you're not one or two in your market space, you shouldn't be doing either one of those. You should be flanking or guerrilla tactics. And I use flanking maneuver for my success because I never worked for the one or two, number one or yeah. number two player. And my career took off as a result of how I used those strategies. So those are my two most important books. Simon Sinek, all about the why. Oh, yeah. A lot of huge. people love Simon. Sure. Yeah, huge influence. Yeah. Great. Well, our guest has been Kevin Trout. Time goes so fast, Kevin. That was great. Uh, from Vistage, Pittsburgh. I was going to have him do a big invite, but uh, I'm just going to have to quickly do that for you. If you want to find out more, go to Vistage.com or email Kevin directly at Kevin.Trout at VistageChair.com. I know he'd be happy to talk with you. Kevin, thank you for being our guest today. We appreciate it. Hey, Mike, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm honored. We'll see you on the next Leadership Bizburg.